chapters forty six and forty seven of a woman's experiences in the great war by louise mack this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter forty six the flight into holland for five wild incredible days i remained in antwerp watching the german occupation and then at last i found my opportunity to escape over the borders into holland there came the great day when francois managed to borrow a motor-car and took me out through the breda gate to Pute in holland good-bye to ada good-bye to henri good-bye to lenore jeannette and la grande-mere i knew now that madame x could be trusted to the death she had proved it in an unmistakable way in my bag i had her belgian passport and her german one also i was passing now as francois's wife the photograph of lenore stamped on the passport was sufficiently like myself to enable me to pass the german sentinels and lenore dear sweet lovable lenore had coached me diligently in the pronunciation of her queer flemish name which was not lenore of course as for my own english passport monsieur x went several times to the young danish doctor asking for it on my behalf the dane refused to give it up how do i know said he that you will restore it to the lady finally monsieur x suggested that he should leave it for me at the american consulate eventually long after it came to me in london from the american consulate with a note from the dane asking them to see that i got it safely when i think of it now i feel sad to have so mistrusted that friendly dane what did he think i wonder to find me suddenly flown perhaps he will read this some day and understand and forgive ah how mournful how heartbreaking was the almost incredible change that had taken place in the free happy country of former days and this ruined desolate land of to-day as we flashed along towards holland we passed endless burnt-out villages and farms magnificent old chateaux shelled to the ground churches lying tumbled forward upon their graveyards tombstones uprooted and graves riven open a cold wind blew the sky was grey and sad in all the melancholy and chill there was one thought and one alone that made these sights endurable it was that the poor victims of these horrors were being cared for and comforted in england's and holland's big warm hearts i could scarcely believe my eyes when i saw on the dutch borders those sweet green dutch pine woods of puta stretching away under the peaceful golden evening skies trees trees were there really such things left in the world it seemed impossible that any beauty could be still in existence and i gazed at the woods with ravenous eyes drinking in their beauty and peace like a perishing man slaking his thirst in clear cold water then suddenly out of the depths of those dim dutch woods i discerned white faces peering and presently i became aware that the woods were alive with human beings white gaunt faces looked out from behind the tree trunks faces of little frightened children peeping peering wondering faces of sad hopeless men gazing stonily faces of hollow-eyed women who had turned grey with anguish when that cruel hail of shells began to burst upon their little homes in antwerp drawing them in their terror out into the unknown right through the woods of puta ran the road to the city of berg op 
and along this road i saw a huge military car come flying manned by half a dozen dutch officers and laden with thousands of loaves of bread instantly out of the woods out of their secret lairs the poor homeless fugitives rushed forward gathering round the car holding out their hands in a passion of supplication and whispering hoarsely du pain du pain bread bread it was like a scene from dante the white faces the outstretched arms the sunset above the wood and the red campfires between the trees chapter forty seven friendly holland yesterday i was in holland to-day i am in england but still in my ears i can hear the ring of scathing indignation in the voices of all those innumerable dutch when i put point-blank to them the question that has been causing such unrest in great britain lately are the dutch helping germany from every sort and condition of dutchmen i received an emphatic never the people of holland would never permit it and in holland the people have an enormous voice nothing could have been more emphatic or more convincing than that reply but i pressed the point further is it not true then that the dutch allowed german troops to pass through holland the answer i received was startling we have heard that story and we cannot understand how the allies could believe it we have traced the story my informant went on to its origin and we have discovered that the report was circulated by the germans themselves i pressed my interrogation further still would it be correct then to say that the attitude of holland towards england is distinctly and unmistakably friendly among all sections of the community in holland my informant one of the best known of dutch advocates paused a moment before replying then seriously and deliberately he made the following statement in the upper circles of dutch society that is to say in court circles and in the military set that is included in this classification there has been it is true a somewhat sentimental partiality for germany and the germans this preference originated obviously from prince henry's nationality and from queen wilhelmina's somewhat passive acceptance of her husband's likes and dislikes but the situation has lately changed a new emotion has seized upon holland and one of the first to be affected by this new emotion was prince henry himself when the million belgian refugees bleeding starving desperate hunted flung themselves over the dutch border in the agony of their flight we dutch and prince henry among us saw for ourselves for the first time the awful horror of the german invasion and so the prince has showed himself sympathetic towards the allies he has devoted himself to the belgian cause was the reply day after day he has taken long journeys to all the dutch cities and villages where the refugees are congregated he has visited the hospitals everywhere he has made endless gifts in the hospitals by his geniality and simplicity he completely overcame the quite natural shrinking of the wounded belgian soldiers from a visitor who bore the hated name of german i knew it was true too because i myself had seen prince henry going in and out of the hospitals at bergen op zoom his face bearing an expression of deep commiseration but what about england i went on hurriedly how do you feel to us we are your friends came the answer what puzzles us is how england could ever doubt or misunderstand us on that point psychologically we feel ourselves more akin to england than to any other country we like the english ways which greatly resemble our own just as much as we like english manners and customs we dislike the manners and customs of germany 
that we should fight against england is absolutely unthinkable in fact it would mean one thing only in holland a revolution over and over again these opinions were presented to me by leading dutchmen a director of a big dutch line of steamers was even more emphatic concerning holland's attitude to england and we are he said suffering from the war in holland suffering badly we estimate our losses at sixty per cent of our ordinary trade and commerce he pointed out to me a paragraph in a dutch paper if the export prohibition by britain of wool worsted etc it said is maintained the manufactures of woollen stuffs here will within not a very long period perhaps five to six weeks have to be closed for lack of raw material a proposition of the big manufacturers to have the prohibition raised on condition that nothing should be delivered to germany is being submitted to the british government we hope that england will arrive at a favourable decision you know i said tentatively that rumour persists in attributing to holland a readiness to do business with germany let me be quite frank about that said the director thoughtfully it is true that some people have surreptitiously been doing business with germany but in every community you will find that sort of people but our government has now awakened to the treachery and we shall hear no more of such transactions in the future and is it true that you are trying to change your national flag because the germans have been misusing it it is quite true we are trying to adopt the ancient standard of holland the orange instead of the red white and blue of to-day as an earnest of the genuine sympathy felt by the dutch as a whole towards the belgian sufferers i may describe in a few words what i saw in holland out of the black horrors of antwerp out of the hell of bombs and shells these million people came fleeing for their lives into dutch territory penniless footsore bleeding broken with terror and grief dying in hundreds by the way the inhabitants of antwerp and its villages crushed blindly onwards till they reached the dutch frontiers where they flung themselves a million people on the pity and mercy of holland not knowing the least how they would be treated and what did holland do with a magnificent simplicity she opened her arms as no nation in the history of the world has ever opened its arms yet to strangers and she took the whole of those million stricken creatures to her heart the dutch at bergen op zoom where the majority of the refugees were gathered gave up every available building to these people they filled all their churches with straw to make beds for them they opened all their theatres their schools their hospitals their factories and their private homes and without a murmur indeed with a tenderness and gentleness beyond all description they took upon their shoulders the burden of these million victims of germany's brutality it is our duty they say quietly and sick and poor alike pour out their offerings graciously without ceasing in the grand place of bergen op zoom stand long lines of soup boilers over charcoal fires behind the line of soup boilers are stacks of bones hundreds of bags of rice and salt mountains of celery and onions all piled on the flags of the market-place while to add to the liveliness and picturesqueness of the scene dutch soldiers in dark blue and yellow uniforms ride slowly round the square on glossy brown horses keeping the thousands of refugees out of the way of the endless stream of motor-cars lining the grand place on its four sides all packed to the brim with bread meat milk and cheese inside the town hall the portrait of queen wilhelmina in her scarlet and ermine robes 
looks down on the strangest scene holland has seen for many a day the floors of the hotel de la vie are covered with thousands of big red dutch cheeses twenty-six thousand kilos of long loaves of brown bread are packed up almost to the ceiling looking exactly like enormous wood stacks sacks of flour sides of pork and bacon cases of preserved meat and conserved milk hundreds of cans of milk piles of blankets piles of clothing are here also all to be given away the town of bergen op zoom is full of heartbreaking pictures to-day but to me the most pathetic of all is the writing on the walls it is a tremendous tribute to the good-heartedness of the dutch that they do not mind their scrupulously clean houses defaced for the moment in this way scribbled in white chalk all over the walls shutters and fences windows tree trunks and pavements are the addresses of the frenzied refugees trying to get in touch with their lost relations on the trees too little bits of paper are pinned covered with addresses and messages such as the family moncher can be found in the church of st joseph under the grand altar or anna descartes with pierre and marie and grandmother are in the school of music the sisters martel and grandmother are in the church of the holy martyrs la famille de main are in the fifth tent of the encampment on the artillery ground monsieur and madame ardige and their seven children are in the comedy theatre so closely are the walls and shutters and the windows and trees scribbled over by now that the million addresses are most of them becoming indistinguishable while i was in holland i came across an interesting couple whom i speedily classified in my own mind one was a dark young man he had a peculiar accent he told me he was an englishman from northampton perhaps he was he said the reason he wasn't fighting for his country was because he was too fat perhaps he was the other young man said he was american perhaps he was he had red hair and an american accent he had lived in germany a great deal in his childhood all went well until the red-haired man made the following curious slip when i was describing the way the germans in antwerp fled towards the sausage he said how they will roar when i tell them that in berlin swiftly he corrected himself in new york i mean he said but a couple of hours later the englishman left suddenly for london and the american left for antwerp as i had happened to mention that i had left my baggage in antwerp i could quite imagine it being overhauled by the germans there at the instigation of the red-haired young gentleman with a pronounced american accent a rough estimate of the cost to the dutch government of maintaining the refugees works out at something like eighty five thousand pounds a week this of course is quite irrespective of the boundless private hospitality which is being dispensed with the utmost generosity on every hand in rotterdam harlem flushing bergen op zoom maastricht rosendal delft and innumerable other towns and villages some of the military families on their meagre pay must find the call on them a severe strain but one never hears of complaints on this score and in nine cases out of ten they refuse absolutely to accept payment for board and lodging though many of the refugees are eager to pay for their food and shelter we can't make money out of them is what the dutch say a new reading this of the famous couplet of a century ago in matters of this kind the fault of the dutch was giving too little and asking too much End of chapter 47, recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.